Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoy the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. If you would turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 10. Genesis chapter 10. And we're going to have a long text tonight. Um, because we're going to go look at uh, Genesis chapter 10 in its entirety, and we're also going to look at the Tower of Babel in chapter 11, up the, through the first nine verses. And uh, when you got a long text like that, a lot of times, most of the time, what I've done is I've read the whole text, and I'm going to experiment a little bit tonight. Uh, instead, I'm going to read a section at a time as I go through it, just because it is so long, and it's genealogy. Genealogy. Genealogy, genealogy. Um, we've gone through a genealogy before. We've gone through the genealogy of uh, Adam to Noah from uh, chapter 5. And in that genealogy, one of the things we notice about that is it, it's linear. Uh, it's going from one generation to the next generation to the next generation to the next generation. And so it's structured differently from the one we're going to look at tonight. Um, and I'll explain that more when we get to it. But the, the genealogy we looked at before, it was, uh, it was linear going down the generations, just one man to the next. Also, um, the point, as we looked at that other genealogy, was uh, it was to get across the, the consequences of sin and that each time, every, every generation, uh, it ended with the person's life and it said, and he died, and he died, and he died, and he died. After all of those, uh, the, the consequence of eating that fruit of the tree was played out in each one of those things. A few other things that we need to remember back to what we've already seen in Genesis in order to, to really make sense of this chapter. Um, one of the principles that we've seen is God created everything, of course, and he created man and woman. He created um, uh, all of the human race, all descends back as one biological solidarity to one human pair, Adam and Eve. We're all one human family. Uh, it goes back to Adam and Eve, and it uh, uh, we see that also our sin problem goes back to Adam and Eve. Um, and uh, when we look at, uh, at what we've already seen so far, we're going to see that um, emphasized here in this text again tonight, because this genealogy, it, its emphasis is not so much like the other one where it's uh, pointing out the consequences of sin, but it's actually uh, talking more about how every nation, every ethnicity, every language all came from that one people, that, those descendants of Noah at the time of the flood. So let's begin. We'll go ahead and read uh, just the first section here, and then and I'll pray, and we'll, and we'll get into it. Beginning in Genesis chapter 10, verse 1. These are the generations of Noah, uh, of the sons of Noah, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Sons were born to them after the flood. The sons of Japheth, Gomer, Magog, Medai, Javan, Tubal, Meshech, and Tiraz. The sons of Gomer, Ashkenaz, Riphath, and Togorma. The sons of Javan, Elisha, uh, Tarshish, Kittim, and Dodanim. From these, the coastland people spread in their, uh, in their lands, each with his own language, by their clans, in their nations. We'll go ahead and go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for your word. 
And Father, we know that this is a text that uh, would be easy just to skip over. Uh, Lord, this is a text that uh, is often difficult. It's, it's a text that we, we have difficulty even pronouncing. But it is your word. And Lord, we, we believe, um, like, like, first, uh, well, like 2 Timothy tells us, that um, all Scripture is God-breathed, that it is profitable for uh, reproof and correcting and training in righteousness. And Lord, we pray that you would speak to us tonight through your word, uh, through this genealogy. And Lord, help us to be equipped for godliness uh, from this word. And Father, I pray that you would be with me. Give me strength and grace as I preach. In Jesus' name, amen. Like, we're going at this a little bit different tonight. I read a short reading, but just hold on. <laughs> just hold on. Um, so, we're, we're beginning with verse 1. These are the generations of the sons of Noah. And, and this is a common thing that we've heard before. Um, at, at, at the genealogy of Adam, we heard these are the generations of. At the beginning of the story of Noah, it, uh, I think it said these are the generations of Noah. Uh, we had at the creation story in chapter 2, it said these are the generations of the heavens and the earth. And all of those different places. And as you continue out through the, through the book of Genesis, you have this repetition of this phrase, these are the generations of. These are the generations of. And oftentimes it's introducing a genealogy just like it is right here. And uh, it, it also, I believe, marks out major sections in the book of Genesis. And because of that, um, tonight, that's why we're going to actually go all the way through to verse 9 of chapter 11, because the very next, these are the generations of, will be in verse 10 of chapter 11. So we're going to look at, one, at that all as one literary unit. So we na it names Shem, Ham, and Japheth, the ones that we looked at last week in the story of of God's uh, of of the of the at what came after the flood of the covenant that, that God made with Noah, and also Noah's sin, where he went in uh, he he got drunk in his tent and lay there naked, and his son Ham came in and mocked him and laughed at him, uh, and his other sons walked in backwards to cover him up. We see these sons, and it said, sons were born to them, that is, the sons of Noah, after the flood. So they continued to have children, and it's going to list these out differently. You know, in that other genealogy, we had uh, Adam had Seth, and Seth had so on, so and someone had so and so, and, and on and on down in a, in a straight line. This is different. Instead, here are the sons of Japheth, and then it lists a bunch of sons of Japheth. It lists Gomer, Magog, Medai, Javan, Tubal, Meshech, and Tiras. And it names all of these different sons. If we look back at the other genealogy, what do we see? We saw uh, just one son, and then it would say, and he had other sons and daughters. He lived so many years, and he died. But here, the emphasis is on spreading out. Spreading out. Uh, what, uh, something to notice about these names... Um, they're not obvious necessarily to us as English readers, but as, as uh, uh, if we look into the original language, we look at uh, uh, the study of the geography and, and things like that at the time. Um, Gomer, it's been suggested, as, is, uh, is actually um, speaking of the place location that is um, just, just there between the Black and the Caspian Sea up towards Russia. Uh, you've got uh, Magog that you may hear about in the in the prophets. You've got uh, Medai, 
Now, Midai possibly could be referring, uh, we read later in biblical history about the Medes and the Persians. So Midai may be uh, the one that, that the Medes ended up descending from. And then Tubal, and then Meshech and Tiraz. Uh, Tiraz uh, very likely could, uh, one of the sources I read suggested t- uh, Tiraz could be Italy in that area. Uh, uh, Etruscan, uh, that, that, that word Etruscan that we get from, for, for, for the Italy um, may, may have had something to do with Tiraz. And then I skipped over Javan by accident. Um, Javan, if you look at that, um, the, the letters there that are used to make Javan, uh, it may not look like it here in the English, but it looks a lot like it could be Ion. And Ion, uh, you might think of as, as a Greek culture, the Ionic people, the, the peoples that came over there from, from uh, the Greek uh, area. Then it lists out one of um, Jepheth's sons. Uh, Gomer was on that first list of sons, and then it says the sons of Go- Gomer were Ashkenaz, Riphath, Tag- Tagorma, um, and then it says the sons of Javan were Elisha, Tarshish, Kittim, and Dodanim. And then uh, among these names, I- I'm not going to be able to focus in on every single name because there's actually 70 of them here in this list, and I'm not familiar with all of them. But Tarshish, you may be familiar with Tarshish uh, from elsewhere in the Bible. Um, Jonah, where did he flee whenever he didn't want to go to Nineveh? He fled to Tarshish. And Tarshish uh, is probably, we're talking about Spain, uh, the furthest place away that Jonah could go to get away from Nineveh. He wanted to go all the way to Spain. Tarshish uh, is very possibly uh, the the uh, the one that this is referring to. So you've got different geographical regions that are settled by these different sons of Japheth that we see here. And then it tells us, from these, the coastland peoples spread in their nations, each with his own language by their clans in their nations. A couple of things here. The coastland peoples um, would be like those who went out to uh, towards the Mediterranean Sea in that way, it would have would have um, uh, uh, settled in in the European areas like Spain and Italy, like I was just talking about. Also, um, it says, from these the coastland peoples spread in their lands, each with his own language, by their own clans and their and their nations. We want to remember that because we're going to see that again. Each with his own language by their clans in their nations. Just just keep that thought in your mind. We're going to go ahead and move on to the next son. The sons of Ham. And he lists them. Cush, Egypt, Put, and Canaan. Now, Cush, that's the name, the biblical name for what we have as Ethiopia. You have an African people there. Um, Ethiopia. We've got Egypt that it's listed here in, in the English Standard Version. May, I don't know what every version of the Bible that everybody has with them, but some of you may say, it may say uh, Mitzrayim or something that looks like that. Uh, Mitzrayim is the, is the word for English, uh, for uh, Egypt. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's the English word for Egypt. And so if your Bible says Mitzrayim, uh, what I'm reading from in my translation, all that's doing is translating it. It's Egypt. So you've got two sons here. Uh, of of um, of of Ham that uh, went and settled in African areas. We've got um, Cush and we've got Egypt. And Put 
um, that's po probably Egypt as well. We don't we aren't as certain about uh, that. Uh, and then Canaan, Canaan um, is remember the one from last week who was cursed, and we're going to get a list of his sons. But he was the one who settled there in the Canaan land, in the the land of the Canaanites, and it's the land, the very land that um, God gave to Abraham as his possession. We see the sons of Cush here as Seba. That's the first one listed here. Seba um, may be familiar because when we think of Solomon and his, his wisdom, his great wisdom, the queen of Sheba came and visited him, an African queen who came to visit him. We've got the sons of Cush were Seba, Havilah, Sabta, Ramah, Sabteca, and the, the sons of Ramah, uh, Sheba and Dedan. We've got two listings of there that uh, could be um, uh, a reference to later Queen of Sheba. Cush fathered Nimrod. Okay, and and, and we all, I, I got a chuckle out of that whenever I first started reading uh, this kind of a section because uh, Nimrod might be a name you'd call somebody. <laughs> you Nimrod, right? But that's not that's not what it's that's not what it's talking about here. <laughs> um, Nimrod, it tells us, was a he's the first to be a mighty man. He was a hunter before the Lord. It tells us um, he was a king, kingdom builder. Um, he was a part of the beginnings of, of kingdoms like Babel and Erech and Akkad and Kalna in the land of Shinar. Uh, we we know of Babel. Uh, that's where our next story takes place in in um, uh, the story of the Tower of Babel. And Babel goes on to become uh, a, a great kingdom that later on in 586 B.C. they come and, and there's such a massive power. They come in and, and uh, take uh, the Judi uh, Judah out into captivity. Um, you've got Babel. Uh, Akkad is one of these. Today you can study the language of the Akkadians. We have Akkadian texts that you can you can look at in cuneiform or, or whatever kind of writing that they they have, and, and I haven't studied that. I've got friends who study that kind of thing in Hebrew, but uh, in uh, in a seminary, but I didn't get into into that much language study. Um, the Akkadians, um, and then uh, from that he went to Assyria and built Nineveh, Rehoboth, Ir, uh, Kalna, and Rezin between Nineveh and Kalna. That is the great city. Egypt fathered Ludim, Anamim, Lehabim, Naphtuhim, Parthusim. I can't even, I'm, I'm having difficulty myself. These are difficult. Uh, and Kasluhim. Yes. Uh, from whom the Philistines came. And Kaphtarim. Um, again, we're going to point to some of the places where these were. Um, We'll look at uh, the the Philistines. You know what were the originally the original audience of this text? Moses was writing this. He was writing it to God's people as they were getting ready to cross into the Promised Land, and they were going to run into the Philistines. They wanted to, you know, they they needed to know where do these Philistines come from? They came from this son of uh, of Egypt, and um, Kaftor, Kaftarim. Uh, I believe that would be uh, Cyrus, uh, Cyprus, the the island of Cyprus that we that we know of. Um, one uh, one application about 
um, Nimrod. What do we know about Nimrod? Not much. We know what we read here in the Bible. But we don't know anything about Nimrod. It tells us he was a, he was a great and mighty guy. He, 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 he was a mighty hunter before the Lord. He probably wanted to make a name for himself, right? And yet, who remembers Nimrod? Nobody, if you're not reading the Bible. Yeah, yeah. But unless you're reading the Bible, nobody. The only information we have... You can't go into archaeology and find anything about Nimrod. He's an unknown. He's a forgotten person. But the ones who are remembered, they're the ones that, that uh, Moses is writing about that leads up to Abraham later in the next chapter. Okay. Then Canaan. Canaan fathered Sid Sidon, his first son, Heth, and the Jebusites, and the Amorites, and the Girgashites, and the Avarites, and the Archites, and the Sinites. All sound familiar? Those people that, that uh, the Israelites went into the promised land in order to, um, to take the land, the people that they were fighting, they were all of these names here. The Jebusites, the Amorites, the Girgashites, the, the Hivites, the Archites, the Sinites, the Averites. All of these different names. And then afterwards, the clans of the Canaanites dispersed, and the territory of the Canaanites extended from Sidon, Sidon was still around at the time of Jesus. Remember he talked about Tyre and Sidon. Um, Sidon and the direction of, of Gerar as far as Gaza. You may even still hear about that on the news. When you watch the news, you hear about Gaza, the land there in the, in the, in the Holy Land. Um, and in the direction of Sodom and Gomorrah, here, he's, he's talking about these places where they're, they're, they're going to read about later on in Genesis. Sodom and Gomorrah, those, the, the Canaanites that were there, they went and settled in places like Sodom and Gomorrah, which we'll know more about when we read the whole book. Adma and Zeboim, as far as Lasha. And, the, and uh, these are the sons of Ham. Listen here. I told you to hold that thought for a moment. By their clans, their languages, their lands, and their nations. Just like we saw in verse 5. By their, each with his own language, by their clans, and their nations. And here we have, these are the sons of Ham, by their clans, their languages, their lands, and their nations. There's a repetition here. And this repetition is pointing, driving at the point of the text. The point of the text is, all of these different children of Japheth and Canaan, of Ham, these are all the different peoples that are spreading out all over the earth. By their languages, by their regions, by all the different places that they're going. Then verse 21. To Shem, also the father of all the children of Eber, the elder brother of Japheth, so he was the oldest of Noah's sons, Children were born. And the sons of Shem, Elam. We can think of the Elamites also in the Bible. Elam, uh, Ashur. Ashur would be uh, Assyria. They were another uh, group that came from Shem. Uh, Arpachshad, uh, Lud, and Aram. Aram is Syria. Aram is the, is the biblical word for Syria. 
Uh, the sons of Aram, Uz, Hul, uh, Gether, and Mash. Arpachshad fathered Selah, and in his day the earth was divided. I'm sorry. Arpachshad fathered Selah, and Selah fathered Eber. Eber bore, uh, were, to Eber were born two sons. The name of the one was Peleg, for in his day the earth was divided, and his brother's name was Joktan. So we look at this line here, and Eber, this one that's been mentioned a few times, uh, and maybe it's important that he was mentioned, because before you ever get to him in the genealogy, you've got um, Tashem was born, uh, Tashem also, the father of all the children of Eber, it's pointing out that there must be something important about this Eber. Eber is the Hebrew word for Hebrew, the father of all the Hebrew people. Um, uh, so uh, the, the, the Hebrew people came from this Eber. That's, that's what the word um, means. Um, and he has these two sons, and he, na he names one of them Peleg, for in his day the earth was divided. Now, this in that day the earth was divided is probably foreshadowing to the very next chapter what we're going to get to uh, in chapter 11 the day that the earth was divided was that day in which god came down and confused the languages there at the tower of babel which we haven't gotten to yet but uh that would be a reference there uh in the day that the earth was divided and his brother's name was joktan now joktan uh would be from the word katon which means small or little so this little brother was named Tiny or Peewee. I thought you might get a kick out of that. <laughs> right? Okay. So this little brother was named Joktan, and he followed Almodad and Shelef and Hazarmavath and Jera and Had Hadoram and Uzal and Dikla, uh, Obal, Abimel, Sheba, Ophir, Havilah, and Jobab, another one of my favorites. We've got a hillbilly in here. <laughs> Jobab. All of these were the descendants of Joktan. The territory which they lived extended from Mesha in the direction of Shephar in the hill country of the east. These are the sons of Shem. Let's hear it again. By their clans, their languages, their lands, and their nations. Again, What's the point of all this repetition? He's pointing out, this is the dispersion of all the sons of Noah, uh, uh, from Shem, Ham, Jepheth, all of their sons, as they went and spread out of, across the earth, were listing different nations by their names. And if that's not enough, verse 32 is going to point it out again. These are the clans of the sons of Noah, according to their genealogies, in their nations... And from these, the nations spread abroad on the earth after the flood. This is important. This is a genealogy that would be easy to just skip. Oh, nobody wants to hear that. But it is important and it is very, very relevant to today. Um, it is built on the theology we already had earlier in the book. And that is, we're all one big happy family. Not maybe, not maybe happy, but we're all but one big human family. Red, yellow, black, and white. 
from Egypt, from Cush, to Eber, to, to all of the different peoples of the earth. Yes, from the Hebrew people. From, from, uh, it, we're all one human family. We all uh, descend back to these people here at that time. Um, we see this earlier in the book when we come to Adam and see that all of humanity derives its, its uh, um, beginning there in Adam and Eve. Uh, and we see the, 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 the emphasis there in the image of God. The people are created in the image of God. Uh, and, and we see all of these nations. And we see all the many thousands of nations now. And I'm not just talking about the countries but I'm talking about all the different languages. There are so many language groups of people on the earth. There are thousands. And many of them we've never even been able to translate the Bible into. There, Because there's so many thousands of, of people. But all of the languages and all the people and all the tribes of all the earth all go back to these three sons of Noah after the flood. We're all one human family. Today, people talk about race issues and racial reconciliation, and there is a need for that. We talk about different theories, different secular theories that are rooted in Marxism, like intersectionality and critical race theory and things like that. We don't need to do that because the, the foundation for racial reconciliation is in the Bible. We are all one human family. And it doesn't end there. We started there with the fact that we all are one human family. We are all created in the image of God equally. And we come to the cross later on, and we, we see that same reality played out in the fact that there were those divisions. There were those divisions. And the greatest division was there between the Jew and the Gentile. And the two were broken down. The wall of hostility was broken down. And God created one new man in Jesus. I'm a, that's my application for the first part. Now we're looking at the Tower of Babel. In the Tower of Babel story, we're beginning 11.1, and it says, Now the whole earth had one language and the same words. And as the people migrated from the east, they found a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. And they had said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had their brick for stone and bitumen for mortar. And they said, Come, let us, build, let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be dispersed over the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of man had built. And the Lord said, Behold, they are one people, they have all one language, and this is only the beginning of what they will do. And nothing that they propose to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down there and confuse their language so that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord dispersed them from there over the face of all, all the earth, and they left their building they left off building their city therefore its name was called babel because there the lord confused the language of all the earth and from there the lord dispersed them all over the face of the earth so here we see this story of the tower of babel it's not just a children's story it's there for us it's there for adults too we need to learn something from this 
passage. One, going back to the point of last of the of, of the last chapter that we've just looked at, uh, the point is all of the of humanity all came from these sons of Noah. And at that time, all of the earth, every single one of these tribes that we read about, they all had one language, they all used the same words, and they decided they wanted to make a name for themselves. They wanted to come and build a tower. And and what is the sign, even in our culture today, of a culture that is powerful and, and majestic? It's big, tall towers, right? You can go to Chicago and see what used to be called the Sears Tower. I don't even know what it's called anymore. And the Empire State Building. And now you can go to, to the United Arab Emirates. And I don't know what the name of the building is, but it even it dwarfs. It makes the Empire State Building look like a midget. <laughs> um, So they, they had an arrogance. They wanted to build something up so they would be remembered and they would, be, they would make a name for themselves. They, they, wanted to, they wanted to be famous. They wanted everybody to remember them and they didn't want to be dispersed over the face of the earth. What did God tell them? What did God tell the, the children of Noah as they came out of the ark? He said, be fruitful and multiply. Go out. Disperse. Fill the whole earth. They didn't want to do that. They wanted to stay there, all clustered together. They wanted to, to, to um, make a name for themselves. And so, God says, I'm not going to deal with this pride. I'm not going to put up with that. He comes down and He confuses the language. We, we often see maybe things of, 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 uh, of a movie predict, um, depiction of this. A movie depiction of this and, and see lightning come down and break up the tower and everything. No, that's not the way it puts it at all. God just confuses their language and they, they give up. They can't communicate any longer. You know, our world today is getting more and more like it was in the time of Babel. We're being able to, to communicate so much easier. Just think of, of how technology has allowed that. Uh, where where, where uh, the world is such it's just a small place and we're able to communicate so well and cooperate across all these different languages and things. Imagine what it would have been like if all of human hist- history had been like that. And there hadn't been any kind of barrier to what man could accomplish. Where we would be. Would the iPhone have come out thousands of years earlier? <laughs> Those are questions we don't have the answer to. But God tells them, He says, He tells us, if I don't come down and do something to stop this, there is nothing they'll be able to, to there's, there's nothing that'll be impossible for them. There's nothing that'll be impossible for them. That's not a good position to be in. Because if, if nothing is impossible for them, then there will be no sense of dependence. There will be no sense of a a need. And we can sense the same thing when we are wealthy, when we have plenty of money in the bank, do we really depend upon God? 
And by grace, God recognizes this. He sees that that their problem is they're going to be completely filled with pride. They're going to be completely feel like I can do anything and I don't need God for anything. And so he comes down in his grace and he confuses their language. And they go off and they spread into all the different parts of the world. All according to their languages, their tribes, and their lands, as we've seen in chapter 10. Another thing we might notice, we see God here talking to Himself again in verse 7. Come, let us go down and confuse their language, that they may not understand one another's speech. Um, We can think back to Genesis chapter 1. What did God say whenever He created man in the first place? He said... Let us make man in our image. Here, God uses the same kind of language. He says, come, let us go down. Let us go down. This is kind of foreshadowing again, a kind of a plurality within God, within God Himself. God, There is one God, but as we know, even from the Trinity, from the New Testament, that that God is one in three persons. And, And in the Old Testament, this was not clear, but we see it just foreshadowings of this as as he says come let us go down and confuse their language so what do we get from this story here they're prideful they want to make a name for themselves they want to build this big tower into the heavens they want to make it the where nothing is impossible for them and god stops them god does not allow them to do that and from that point people are divided. There's another story that talks about language, about a diversity of language, and it comes on the day of Pentecost. After Jesus had died and, and, and rose again for our sins, and after He had ascended into heaven, He promised He was going to send the Spirit. And when the Spirit came on the day of Pentecost, there were people there from all different kinds of languages. There were people there, uh, if you turn there, it's going to list all kinds of different nations that were represented there in this text, kind of like what we see here. And when the Spirit came upon God's people, what happened? It wasn't a confusion of the language. It was the reversal of what we see at Babel. At Pentecost, Babel was reversed. No longer are we, are we divided into all of these different factions, but the Spirit came, and, and at Pentecost, what had been divided at Babel was now united in Christ Jesus. We see that played out as, as the Gentiles are included, as we, as we look at the book of Acts, and they, they dispute over, well, what, what do, do Gentiles have to become Jews before, before they can be saved? No. Now, in the New Testament era, we see the Gospel is open to every tribe, tongue, and nation. And we look forward to a day in heaven one day where we see in the book of Revelation where... We will all one day be, if we're believers in Jesus, if we're trusting in Him, we will all one day be gathered around the throne singing, Holy, Holy, Holy is the Lord God Almighty. You 
redeemed a people for yourself from every tribe and tongue and nation. That's what we have to look forward to. What had been divided back in the day of of the Tower of Babel is brought back into unity with the day of Pentecost and we look forward to a day when we will worship around the throne with people from every tribe, tongue, and nation. Do you want to be there someday? Do you want to be there in heaven? There is no place for believers to look at a person of another tribe or nation or ethnicity uh, someone who's black or, or Hispanic or someone, some other race and say, well, I don't want to have anything to do with you. Because we're going to be in heaven together with a lot of people of different tribes and tongues and nations from us. Do you want to be there? Trust in Jesus. The one who was the seed of the woman predicted in Genesis 3. The one who is the blessing of Abraham who is going to be to come who is going to bless every nation. Trust in Jesus. Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at RedeemerBaptistPanama.com or you can like us on Facebook.